On today's episode of Locked On Sooners, is Texas A&M once again trying to dodge the Longhorns when they get to the SEC? How about Oklahoma basketball head coach Porter Moser and some of his comments on the caravan trail? And of course, you could see Chris Plank in the house with us to talk a little Sooner sop on what their postseason path looks like. All of that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Thanks for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Josh Elmer of 94.7 The Ref. It's like the Plank Show after hours. Chris Plank is like in, the house, in the house as well. I like it too, my friend. So talked about it right off the top. Let's jump right in. It's a Chip Brown report. And this is from Longhorn Nation. The, is Texas A&M purposely trying to avoid the Longhorns in the SEC, Ross Bjork, who is the Texas A&M athletic director, trying to shoot that down a little bit, Chris Plank. But what is your reaction to what we saw in the last Texas and Texas A&M? So I've got a, an unpopular opinion about this because I, I think you and I have seen it. And on our show weekdays from 90 noon on the ref, we talk about it a lot. It doesn't take much for a story to take off, right? Um, I, I, and, and the greatest example of this to me was the end of the Spencer Rattler era at Oklahoma, right? That final couple of weeks whenever, you know, he was not playing all that well. I mean, every story imaginable is, well, I heard he was mean to a kid at a restaurant. I heard that he ignored. And suddenly, like, this wave of Spencer hate was generated from maybe on-the-field frustration but just a few things that snowballed downhill and, and ran out of control. And not all of them were true. Um, and we, we've seen that happen with a lot. I don't know. And I'm sitting here yelling in this office. So Drake Dyke is probably so mad at me because I don't know if this is a situation where, you know, Texas A&M really feels that way or that everyone's so thirsty and hungry for them to feel that that way. Now that, Texas is officially coming. Now we'll take every little nugget and roll with it. It's like you and I, we talk every day, it seems like, about the uh, SEC scheduling and what that might look like. And we'll take a, a little nugget, like, for instance, the report from Aaron Settles in a couple weeks ago, or last week, where it's, hey, they're, they're going to start talking about what it's going to look like. We run with that. So, oh, it means it's coming. There's a decision coming soon. So I – I want to believe that Texas feels or Texas A&M realizes how good this is for college football for this new conference, which again, SEC doesn't need any help. But part of the reason why they brought on Texas is because they want big time matchups like Texas and Texas A&M to be played. I mean, that's the real they're going to play each other. It's going to happen again. Um, so I don't think they're trying and I don't want to believe they're trying to avoid them. But again, one little story can blow up because everyone's so passionate about wanting to believe that. I was so disappointed that Ross Bjork deleted his tweet. Yeah, I, mean, I was looking all over for it too before you jumped on. I can't find it either. It is not on the interwebs anymore where he had quote tweeted. And I, I don't know if you say that he basically dispelled the idea of that report, but it's going to be interesting. You know, 
let's talk about Oklahoma in just a moment and how the pod system might work out for them, who you want to see with Oklahoma in the SEC. But if it is the pod system as we're sort of led to believe or we've heard a lot about, okay, well, if Texas and Texas A&M aren't in the same pod, that's all well and good for A&M if they are the party that doesn't want this rivalry played. You're going to see each other every other year, even if you're not in the same pod, and you're going to host each other every four years under that pod's format. So if you're you know, dipping, ducking, dodging, diving, if you're trying to go that route, you're going to see each other pretty quickly. So I don't know. Is there any chance, though, that it's actually Texas trying to use some back channels here, some media channels that – still has some hurt feelings about the way A&M left, and it's the Longhorns that don't want to play A&M every single season? Boy, that would make for quite the storyline, right? Um, I Listen, I I don't know if it's me getting older, Josh. I don't know if it's because my son's graduating. But, like, all the – I think it's time to kind of let go of some of those beefs. I know we're never going to, right? But you and I were talking about 98 Kansas State yesterday. Right. And how you go back, Brent Venables just talking about 98 Kansas State and that team and how he never wants to be viewed like that. I, I feel like and, and there's more to that story that we can get into later, but viewed like that, which was that any less than 100 percent of him was given, I think is the best way to put it. Right. And so you see stories like that. And even he said, you know, it's it's something that I'm, I'm challenged with every day, but I've I've learned from I've gotten better um, beefs between. Nebraska um, and, and and Texas. I want to see those two teams play, right? I think that was one of the whole exciting reasons about the Big Twelve when it was formed in its infancy. But yeah, I am. Um, I, I'm just of the the firm belief that Texas has got to see how big of a deal this is for them, and vice versa. And in laying all those storylines out, let's bury some hatchets, right? Maybe and maybe again, it's my old age, maybe so. But I just I don't know what we're doing by holding on to some of these grudges. Um, individual players on teams, I get that, right? If you think you were wrong, fans, I mean, come on, it's time to get over anything with Texas and Texas A&M, and I mean this specifically for the teams Josh and aren't playing each other, and there's not many, right? As far as rivalries are concerned, Texas and Texas A&M are purposefully not playing each other and now they're going to be forced to and I think it makes sense for them to be in the same bracket pod whatever you want to describe it as I've always found the entirety of that situation and some of these types of reports and whether or not Chip Brown's right or wrong or there's truth to it we've kind of heard these rumblings for a while about A&M not wanting to play Texas when they joined the SEC Right. That was A&M's calling card, right? That was the one thing that set A&M apart from Oklahoma and Texas. A&M was not – I mean, A&M was easily far and away third between Texas and Oklahoma when they were in the Big 12 Conference. And the move to the SEC was fruitful for A&M. They're no longer that. I mean, if you today ask me to power rank those teams, I'm going to take Oklahoma one. I'm going to take A&M second over Texas, and there was no way you could have, with any confidence, said that before A&M went to the SEC. Having said that, I mean, the idea that A&M could wield that type of power to tell uh, Greg Sankey in the SEC, hey, we don't want to play this game and actually the SEC sign off on it, man, that part has fascinated me because I just live in a world where you and I talk about it so much on the Plank Show, which everybody, hey, tune in to us 9 to noon, Monday through Friday on The Ref. 
we talk so much about television ratings and having good inventory and Texas and Texas A&M, man, that's too good an inventory, right? They can't get away right. with trying to tell the SEC, no, we're, we're not going to play that game every year. We don't want to. It's got to happen every year. It's got to. So I'm going to bury hatchets, get over grudges, work past them. Um, there's, I don't think there is anything that Ross Bjork and Christel Conte should have an issue with dating back to the start of the Big 12, you know? Um, it, let's go. Or excuse me, the demise of the Big 12. You know, Texas has been proven um, that their their business model at that time worked for them. I mean, it really did. They made a lot of money on the Longhorn Network. Now, through Texas's lack of on-the-field success, Josh, or whatever it might be, now you're in a business model where, okay, that, that's not going to make sense for ESPN to invest that kind of money in that. Why don't we bring you on board here and increase the value of what you have in the SEC and maybe in the end, Texas and Oklahoma end up making more money off those third tier rights, whatever it might be. My point is everyone's in a better spot than where they were. Even some could argue that it's going to be less money, but for the competitive balance of that league uh, for the Big 12, it's awesome. It's wide open now. I mean, it really truly is. Um, And maybe some would say it's always been wide open plank and that's fair. Right. Baylor won it last year. Oklahoma had won it the previous four, five, six years. Um, and, and there would always be a, a close battle in the end between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. But I'm just, dude, I'm a firm believer. And I'm, I've, I've felt this way that you're not gaining anything by holding on to something that's going to end up behooving not just your school, but an entire conference. And Texas, Texas A&M is a big deal. Got to play. Got to play, get back to it, let it all go. Let's move on past it and try to get ready for what's going to be, what, 2025? Uh, <laughs> well, that that could be up for interpretation. I want to get your thoughts on Oklahoma and what you'd like to see in terms of their pot arrangement and their future in the SEC. Porter Moser, we talked about it right off the top. He had some interesting comments that I think uh, – we can discuss on Oklahoma's approach to recruiting moving forward now, at least for the moment, where we stand in this name, image, and likeness world. But before we dive into all of that, let me just tell you quickly about Built Bar. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting, and then you open your eyes, you realize it's only 150 calories, and it's got 16 grams of protein. That's exactly what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built Bar. They're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently, provides tons of health benefits. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your order at Built.com. Also, always want to tell you about the great shows we've got across the Locked On Network. The NBA draft is coming up. We've got an NBA lottery tonight, so we'll get a better idea of what all of this looks like here very quickly. But make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and the author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin to give fans an in-depth look at the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, Player Rankings, all of those good items and the big boards free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right, so policy divisions in the SEC. What do you like, Plank, for the future of the Southeastern Conference and Oklahoma and Texas, their entrance into the conference, what would you like to see happen? Um, I would like to see the pods and experiment with that for a little bit. See, I I don't think that there has to be one way and it has to be perfect from the beginning. 
I think that it's okay to go with the way I think the, the um, Big Ten kind of saw that for a while. They went with things for a while, and, and maybe theirs was more of the naming of it. But And they've been open to suggestions. I don't think you have to be, this is the way it's going to be, and it's going to be this way forever. You can try something unique with pods. They've got to find a way where schools are uh, going to opponents' campuses, opposing teams' campuses more than once every seven years, like we had with what has – George even been to AM since they've been in the SEC. So it's it's wild. And I think pods help that, right? Now, I will say though, Josh, I'm not totally opposed to divisions. You know, this isn't some, I'm not, I feel like it's the best way in pods, but I'm not ready to climb up and die on that hill yet. You know, two, two divisions gets it a maybe some people don't like it because it's more of a of an NFL feel. And that's a lot of teams for what football has become in a division. I mean, even the NFL, what's every division? Four-team divisions, right? And they adjusted because when I was a kid, it was bigger divisions uh, in the West and East. But um, I, I, I'm i not opposed to anything right now. Does, is that a soft answer or what? I'm not against any idea that's on the table right now. I love it all. Just get me to the Southeastern Conference. I'm cool with yeah. whatever. Yeah, I, I would love – I will have one – I do have one request. Um, Texas here, – here's here's my Oklahoma pod. OU Texas, so there's my two. My third is Arkansas. My fourth is Texas a That's my pod. Sorry, Missouri. I'm, I, I would imagine maybe part of this is that Missouri is going to be in there with them. And if Missouri is in there instead of Texas A&M, ooh, <laughs> maybe Texas A&M did get it. It's like, okay, Texas A&M, shut up about it. Uh, we'll put you in a pod without Texas, so it's fine. But I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I just think – I think you have those three teams playing each other every single year, and you put a fourth team in there and you're going to be fine. I just I, – I've grown – my whole family's from Arkansas, right? Um, the One of the very first – the first SEC game I ever went to was Arkansas-Tennessee in Fayetteville. Um, it's just – that was T. Martin, I think, was the quarterback for Tennessee. So I've always had an affinity – for Arkansas, and I'd love I, – I just think that's got the potential to be a great rivalry. Dude, there's so many Razorback fans in Oklahoma, and there's so many Oklahoma fans in Arkansas. It's just – I think it would be fantastic. So I hope it's Arkansas. I hope it's A&M and obviously OU Texas. But I worry, Josh, that part of the reason why, you know, everyone was so good with this is because it gives you a partner for Missouri too. But we'll see. Uh, you and I are lockstep in that when it comes to Arkansas. If you told me that the you know that list of potential teams, we we feel pretty confident. Oklahoma and Texas, they're locked in together. Whichever pod those two wind up in, they'll be together. So then beyond that, it seems like the three popular teams are Texas A&M, Missouri, or Arkansas. The one the one combination that would probably excite me the least is having an old Big 12 combination where it's Texas A&M and Missouri and Arkansas is not in your pod. You know, right. I, I, you know, I don't know that a lot of people are sort of entertaining that as a possibility, but it could be a possibility. And that would be the one that, to me, that would be really disappointed because of all of the items that you just mentioned. Arkansas, to me, because of the regionality of it, neighboring state, yeah, I've spent some time in Arkansas, and there's no love lost for Oklahoma. Right. They want to they beat Oklahoma. They want to show that 
they're on a level playing field or competitive with Oklahoma and Texas both. That is a source of pride for them, and it's an Arkansas program that, oh, by the way, Sam Pittman all of a sudden has got that thing humming and on the rise. You just look at the results on the field and then the results in the recruiting trail. I mean, they're doing some things recruiting that Arkansas has in my lifetime. I don't remember them really ever doing on a regular basis. And then the rest of the athletic program. Baseball is great for Arkansas. Basketball's in a really, really good place. So I'm with you. I think it could develop into a great rivalry. Real quick, wanted to share some of these comments from Porter Moser from one of the, I believe this was from the caravan stop, talking about recruiting. Porter Moser says, quote, now more than ever, we've talked about the recruiting process is to recruit the influencers in the decision-making process. Like you've got to be cognizant of the people that are in the player's ear because these kids making these decisions, I think the kids have a challenge these days of how many people are in their ears. It is a transfer portal world right now, especially in college basketball when it comes to Oklahoma. It was sort of one of my fears, Plank, that when Porter Moser first took this job over because of the roster turnover that we saw initially, how quickly and when would Porter Moser, through signing some high school kids, really sort of be able to settle this thing? Unfortunately, because of decisions by Elijah Harkless and Mo Gibson, I kind of feel like we're sort of back at square one where we were. Maybe not quite. That might be a little bit of a mischaracterization, but I don't know that we're so far away from what Porter Moser was kind of dealing with when he first started. And right there, what he's talking about, if you're going to be in a world where you're pretty heavily involved in the transfer portal, man, you do have to kind of be involved, getting involved with some of these players, the influencers, the people that are in their ear that matter. Absolutely. And I am, I will lie to you. I am, I know Porter Moser probably doesn't want to hear this, but I'm kind of excited to see what he's going to do. Right. Um, You've, Listen, you had a good team last year that you had to scrap together pretty much, right, with the Groves brothers and, you know, some of the transfers. I just I, – I feel like, Josh, it's going to be exciting to see what's in front of Porter Moser and what's in front of Jenny Bronchek. Obviously, jenny has got a full cupboard coming back with uh, some of the, the players for her on the women's side. Um, Porter's got a lot of new blood. And I think with what we saw from Texas Tech this last year, even Texas, you can go out and you can put together a top 15 – top eight national championship contender in the transfer portal. I know it's late, um, but they've got some work to do, and I'm excited to see how it plays out for them. So this is dating us back, you know, just a little bit here. But this was, again, the quote. Remember the NCAA we thought wasn't going to get involved, really, with name, image, and likeness, the transfer portal, all of that stuff. We thought it was laissez-faire. Then all right. of a sudden, Moorhead, who is the chair of the Division I Board of Directors and the president of Georgia, sent this out in a release. Quote, the Division I Board of Directors took a significant first step to address some of the challenges and improper behaviors that exist in name, image, and likeness, the environment that may violate our long-established recruiting rules. While the NCAA may pursue the most outrageous violations that were clearly contrary to the interim policy adopted last summer, our focus is on the future. So... John and I on Locked On Sooners have spent a lot of time, of course, how could you not, right, in college Mm -hmm. sports today, talking about name, image, likeness, and what is, you know, a penalty branch going to look like? Where do you sort of stand with all of that and then sort of interloping it back into Oklahoma basketball, who I think this has kind of worked against a little bit? 
Um, yeah, I first of all, I mean, let's just get to its core. Are you a believer that the NCAA exists in its current form over the next two to three years? Because I'm not. No, I, I don't think so. And one of my big charges with you from nine to noon on the Plank Show is it's time for these Power Five administrators, these uh, you know, just these leaders across college athletics, mm -hmm. to go ahead and say, you know what, we've got whatever amount of cash that you have to use to make it happen, you need to have your own investigation penalty right. board, and you're going to have to pay for it out of your own pocket because the NCAA, I don't know that you can rely on them to serve that function that they've served in the past. And so if you want to get into the tampering rules and you want to crack down on it, to me, you're going to have to pay for that yourself moving yeah. forward. Yeah, I'll say this because I feel the same way. Um, I don't – Tampering's got to become more than just a slap on the wrist. Um, Andy Staples talked about this uh, on his podcast and wrote about it too. You know, tampering is is a speeding ticket. And listen, I'm not saying it has to suddenly become capital murder, but it's you've got to you've got to make it where it's more severe. And it's something that you know you go back to. I think everyone in college football and college basketball has dealt with, maybe even softball uh, and baseball. Everyone feels like they can be tampered with. Um, or that a person ends up somewhere, but, but coaches do it. They do it. So unless we reach a point where everyone says, all right, we're all universally stop. It stops here. This doesn't happen in the NFL. This doesn't happen, you know, to a certain degree in the NBA, at least with executives, if players want to tamper with each other, whatever, we can't stop that, but you are not allowed as a coach or as an NIL person to get in there. So that's going to be such a blurred line, though, Josh, because how can you even prove it? Players have essentially NIL agents now, and that conversation could be done on an NIL level. You know, who's to say that if I'm a if I'm a Tulsa football player, let's just use this as an idea, and I, uh, I have a great breakout year. Well, suddenly, you know, maybe in Oklahoma State or in Oklahoma, you know, and I'm just using this as a hypothetical – uh, maybe got a couple of NIL brands that are like, hey, man, you're doing great at Tulsa. But, man, if we could if if we could expand that reach beyond just Tulsa, how about if, you know, there's the opportunity to become the spokesperson for, I don't even want to name a company because I don't want to tie them to it. But, I mean, that there's, and, and it could, I'm not saying it's it's illegal either. You know, it's just the whole idea is, man, it'd be great, you know, if we could expand that brand too and you get an NIL person in your ear. So my point is the tampering issue is usually more for, some of the mid-major schools, but now it's creeping in to the power fives and now it's creeping in to the Bamas and you see it. We're talking basketball too. So until coaches decide that they want to make a bigger deal out of tampering and they go to administrators and say, we got to penalize this harder. You talk, say I'm, I'm in, in support of it. I'm not the bad guy. You don't have to do this, you know, without me acknowledging it. I want to be at the forefront of this until that happens, Josh, I think it's going to be a continual issue. And I think, I think we're there. I think coaches, I think coaches are frustrated enough, and I definitely think administrators and fans are frustrated Agreed. enough. So we've got the voice of Sooner softball, Mr. Chris Plank, hanging out with us. Obviously, we have to talk about the Sooners being the number one overall seed. Let me tell you about Rock Auto before we talk Sooner softball. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain and auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. You've got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save yourself the time and money with using Rock Auto. 
why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Take a peek here at the Norman Regional. There you go. Number one overall seed, Oklahoma. We kind of felt the Big 12 tournament that the work was done from the standpoint of earning the number one overall seed. Ultimately, that's exactly how it wound up playing out. Sooners, open up where's... Uh, Open up versus Prairie View A&M, Texas A&M, speak of the devil, also in this regional uh, alongside Minnesota. And then it's paired up with the Orlando regional number 16 seed UCF, Villanova, Michigan, South Dakota State. Plank, uh, what do you think, man? You got to be fired up, right? I mean, this is – the joy is in the journey, my friend. But, I mean, come on. Postseason softball is pretty sweet, right? Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's become great. And, you know, it's, it's fun how – for me, the the whole off season for the longest time was, gosh, I got to get back to football. And then in two thousand and you know fifteen, I started working some baseball games. And then you suddenly, I let me go back. You know, two thousand and eleven, you start working some baseball games. So the College World Series becomes a big deal to you. And then all of a sudden, in two thousand and sixteen, you're on the softball beat, and you fall in love with this sport, and you fall in love with the players, and the coaches are some of your your most trusted confidants and friends. They're just awesome. And so when you say the joy is in the journey, part of it is when you're enjoying the people that you're with. Oh, and when you're going 49 and two, that helps as well. There's uh, there's kind of a different feel after a lot of games. But it's um, to me, it's very um, humbling, right, to kind of just see how big time this has become. And I'm just – I'm so pumped for Oklahoma heading into this postseason. How do you feel about the path that Oklahoma wound up with? Again, number one overall seed. Uh, you can break down A&M, Minnesota in the Norman Regional. Then you kind of look beyond that again to that Orlando Regional where you see UCF in Michigan. How do you feel about how this thing shook out for Oklahoma as soon as you got that first chance to grab the bracket? I loved it um, because I, I think they got a challenging regional, but I, I don't think they got overly, I think what's the term I'm looking for here. Um, I don't think they got overly, do overly docked for anything like the in the perceived injury uh, or status of Jordy ball. I, I can't say perceived injury, the unknown status. How's that of Jordy ball? Um, is, so I thought that they might get dinged a little bit. And you and I talked about that with Eric Lopez on our show. And I, I, I guess, I guess maybe just maybe the committee finally got one right, you know, and they, they took the possibility of Jordy ball returning into consideration, but then also realized it's a really good team even without Jordy ball. You know, they didn't necessarily have their pitching in order through a majority of the stretch of the season last year. And then it came together uh, big time in the world series for G Juarez, but yeah, I really like to draw Minnesota and Texas A&M are good softball teams. A&M has ended its season in Norman in 13, 14, 15, and in 21 um, because they lost here but never played Oklahoma. They lost twice to Wichita State. So I'm feeling real good about the regional itself. Prairie View A&M is a great story. Um, they lost 19 straight games at one point this season, and it was funny because when – 
when it was announced, our buddy Ed Strong, who's been on with us before, said that he considers Prairie View A&M in Oklahoma the biggest mismatch in tourney history, or at least in the past several seasons. Uh, OU is as strong of a one seed as I've seen since I've been paying attention to the sport. A&M was the longest of long shots to win the SWAC, which might be one of the second worst leagues in D1. And again, that's just the reality of where they are power-wise. So, you know, again, you beat Prairie View. I'm sure they're going to come out and fight hard, but the Sooners should run rule them. And then you start getting into, all right, let's grind. We got A&M or Minnesota. All right, great. Let's do it again. I want this team out in three, Josh. I want them boom, 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 moving on. And I think that that's what Patty Gasso wants. And I think they've got a great chance to do that with the, the very strong lineup that they that they pose. Well, and they ought to be incredibly motivated to go 3-0 in the regional after being dealt their own, only their second piece of disappointment mm-hmm. in 2022. But – losing to Oklahoma State in that Big 12 tournament championship game, they're going to be motivated to prove that that's not Oklahoma softball. That's right. So, Jordy Ball, what's your thought? Uh, timeline for a return, and if there's not a timeline to a return for Jordy Ball, what kind of position is Oklahoma in with Hope Troutwine, with Nicole May in the circle for this yeah. postseason push? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, Hope Troutwine has been the leader in the country in the ERA all season long, um, for the most part. Um, and, you know, it, I think it's been a whole new world for her. I think she's got a great passion for the game. And I think I think she's got a great passion to be a student. And I think she learns from what happened on Saturday against Oklahoma State and then a week later, the Saturday in the Big 12 championship game, I think she's going to be fun to watch this postseason. I think Nicole May is just, you know, consistency. She's such a bulldog. And so I'm excited to see those two get this opportunity. The reality is, I mean, I, I think you approach it as if it's a nice surprise if Jordy can go in one of these games or uh, uh, rather, oh, <laughs> Jordy can go. Um, maybe we'll have to pitch her on a Sunday. But I don't, I don't know if that's going to be the case, Josh. I think that, you know, you approach it as if she's probably not going to go. Hope Troutwine, Nicole May, get us to the next level. And guess what we're going to do? We're going to hit the ball behind you. We're going to feel the ball. Don't be afraid to pitch to contact. Best defense in college softball. So, yeah, I think this is going to be uh, a, an interesting challenge. I do think there's a chance we'll see Jordy again this postseason. But I, I do know this in in my time around Patty Gasso, and I don't think she'll mind me saying it, she is not going to risk anyone's long-term health for the benefit of one game and or, or even one postseason. And I think if, if you asked anyone, you, you learn from things that you've seen in the past, and I don't think they want anyone in that position um, ever. So you're not going to see Jordy come back for the sake of this season. You're going to see Jordy come back if she's 100% and ready to go and she wants to go – Doctors say she can go, and Patty says she can go, and Jen Rocha says she can go. It's not going to be a thing where I believe you'll end up, hey, they're down to their final game. It's it's Sunday. It's an elimination game. All right, Jordy, let's go. No, no, no. It's 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 going to be if she can go, and I think I'm a firm believer that you'll see her this postseason. We're out of time. I know you got to run, Plank. Just real quick before we get you out of here, what's been the coolest, most memorable to becoming the voice for Sooner softball. What's, what are some of the things that stand out for you? I tend to remember everything I screwed up as opposed to all the things I did right. Um, but, no, it's just the 
the families, you know, getting to know the, the, the families. And I say this a lot, you know, you get to know the families in every sport, but uh, it hits different in diamond sports because when you go on the road, it's not just a Friday night, see him in the hotel, give him a hug, Saturday, see him at the game and you're out. It is, oh, Thursday, you get in practice, see some people Friday. It might be a two game all day affair. You get more time around these kids and their families. And that's been the most rewarding thing. You know, I feel like um, in every parent that's come through here, you know, I've, I've hope I've, I've hope I've represented their kiddo. Well, I feel like I have in, in, in always, you know, bringing enthusiasm and passion and learning about the game every single year. Um, I legitimately love this sport and I love this, this team and I love these kids uh, and I love all the families. And, you know, from, you know, think, I was just thinking before we jumped on, I need to check uh, with Leo Bodak's brother because he and I were big LA Kings fans. So we just got eliminated. So I got to check in on him. And then, you know, I know Nacio, um, he and I are Raider fans. So, whenever it's around T.R.A. Jennings' dad, we're talking Raiders and enjoying it. And it's, it's, it's barbecue with Rusty Elam now that I've learned that he's an ace smoker. So it's, it's really cool, man. Um, I was, I wrote an article about Grace Lyons and I spent 30 minutes talking to her dad. And as soon as I hung up, I was like, I need 30 more minutes. You know, they're just good people. And that's been the most rewarding thing for me. Plank, you are the man. Love doing the show with you every morning. And thanks for joining us here on Locked On Sooners. We're hoping it's a long Another national championship postseason run for Sooner softball. They're going to have uh, definitely a great chance, I think, with or without Jordan to, to do just that. But, hey, Plank, thank you, man. Thanks, Sue. I appreciate you, Josh. Have a good one. And thank you, everybody, for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every day. Appreciate Plank stopping by to join the show. And uh, just real quick before we get out of here, you can make Locked On Big 12 your second listen Every single day, get all of your daily Big 12 news in less than 30 minutes with Big 12 expert Josh Neighbors. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thanks to Plank. That's it for us. Trying to track down Mike Steely for a show the remainder of this week. We'll see if we can't get that accomplished. Until then, that's it for us. Boomer Sooner, everybody.